0: Wonderful day, full of knowledge. Project A podcast. The topic is uh, venture debt, and I'm, I'm I'm super grateful that Florian and Oscar are actually taking the time to tell us a little bit more about that. I think the first time that. A lot of that, that I heard about that and that a lot of companies also in our portfolio like heard about that was like three years ago also at back then it was called Portfolio Days. Now mm-hmm. it's uh, now it's the Knowledge Conference and was introduced and actually not too many knew about that. It seems like in the startup world, most people have two ways in mind either. Uh, you bootstrap and you just like try hard to finance everything out of your own pocket, maybe a little bit from mom and dad. But that's basically it. Mm-hmm. And there are the others uh, who go after VCs and say, "Please invest here." And seems like there is another source of money that uh, we all know from our private life, right? There are <laughs> banks. <laughs> they oh, give hey, you. Hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> they give you money uh, yeah. if if you need some urgently, and you can go into debt. Seems like this is also that can also make sense sometimes. Uh, for startups yeah. Yeah. and um, yeah I think uh, the two of you have some interesting things to say about that so thanks a lot yeah we try at least to have
1: some interesting things to say so thanks Oscar for Good. being here uh, Oscar is a veteran in that industry yeah uh, what do you mean veteran veteran vet- <laughs> uh, uh, in, 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 in a positive sense <laughs> veteran in a positive sense <laughs> you've been with Silicon Valley Bank for how long? Yeah, 18 years Yeah. Yep. And in
2: technology financing pretty much all of my career. Okay, yeah. and that's quite long. That's <laughs> yeah, quite long.
1: Yeah, um, and Silicon Valley Bank is one can say that the pioneer in, in venture yes. that providing yes. and yes. Uh, you've yeah. moved well beyond that. Yes. Um, I mean, obviously you were founded in Silicon yeah. Valley, yeah. hence the name, but you're now active in uh, basically not completely globally, but very internationally, yep. right? Very can, you, can you just talk a little bit about Silicon Valley Bank and tell people what it is, and then we'll dive into, yep. uh, and what your role yep. is also, and then we'll dive yep. into venture debt and, and, yep. and the technicalities.
2: No, terrific. So um, we're in our 38th year, headquartered obviously in Silicon Valley, publicly traded on NASDAQ, and, um, uh, and we started the bank because originally, back in the early 80s, none of the big American banks wanted to bank these early stage companies that were, that were appearing in Silicon Valley because they didn't know what they did. They grew slowly. At, uh, but,
1: but banking means like opening an account. Oh, uh, opening, oh, exa- but, but we're not account. talking about lending. No, not opening an account. account. Yeah.
2: And, and so <laughs> a, a group of sort of entrepreneurial bankers got together and said, listen, we've got to form a bank. Mm-hmm. To, open up, to open up accounts for all of these early stage companies which are popping up like Cisco Systems and people no. like that. And that was the genesis of how Silicon Valley Bank came together. And so we started opening up accounts for all of these small technology startup companies in Silicon Valley uh, in the early 80s, and we started opening up accounts for the other phenomena that was growing in Silicon Valley at the time, uh, that was venture capital, mm-hmm. you know, on fund one or fund two. Mm-hmm. And over our 38 year history, we've really grown with the venture capital and uh, innovation technology world. Mm-hmm. Uh, we only bank technology and innovation companies, hardware, software services, etc. cetera. Um, And we banked them from early stage right through to global companies because many of our early stage companies became global companies. And then about 12 years ago, we said, look, uh, innovation, venture capital is becoming a global market, obviously. Mm -hmm. So we began to expand globally. So we opened up originally in the UK, where we now have almost 300 people, full Mm -hmm. service bank. Mm -hmm. We opened up in Israel. You have to be, if you're a technology bank, you've got to be in Israel. Uh, we started a joint venture bank in China, where we have over 200 people uh, mm. in a 50-50 joint venture. B- because uh, you have to, right? I mean, if you want to open
1: a bank in China, you have probably not just do that. But yes, okay. but the
2: interesting thing, us uh, is they, the Chinese authorities allowed us to do a 50-50 ownership, so we okay. are, which is unusual. It's usually 50, 51-49, yeah. and you know yeah. who owns the 51. Yeah. But, uh, you, I guess. <laughs> the, yeah. and, um, <laughs> and then last year, uh, we opened up in Germany. We'd been looking at Germany for a long time, Nothing to do with Brexit, but we've been seeing what was happening with fundraising, with the venture capital industry, with new company formation. And so we said, this is the time to come to Germany. So we opened up in Germany, um, based, uh, headquartered in Frankfurt, spent a lot of time in Berlin and Munich. Because here in Germany, we bank both early stage companies. We do a lot of leverage buyout financings with our private equity firms. Mm -hmm. We do a lot of lending to venture capital and private equity firms. We do short term bridge financing for them between calling capital calls. And we also deal with very large companies as well. So mm-hmm. we said, you know, so we really think of us as banking technology companies up and down the whole food stack. Mm-hmm. But many, many people remember us for banking early stage companies.
1: Mm-hmm. So um, one of the things you're probably best known for is, is venture debt. Yep. And um, I mean, that has been uh, going on in, in Silicon Valley for yep. several decades yep. already. Um, there has been like some insecurity here also in the market, oh. wh- wh- what companies it's good for. They have been said uh, if you take Venture yep. Debt, that can be the nail on the coffin uh, if, if things don't go w- well. Can you talk a little yep. bit about yep. what, what yep. are the c- type of companies yep. you would recommend yep. taking Venture yep.
2: Debt uh, for? Uh, and, and let me just d- describe how we originally created yep. Venture Debt because the founders of Silicon Valley r- recognized, the Silicon Valley Bank, recognized a very, very interesting phenomena, which we all know is now proven. But they realized that if you align yourself with top tier venture capital firms at that time in the valley, we realized two things. One, they did deep due diligence when they invested in a company. And when they were investing in a startup company, they were investing for the long term. There was gonna be a series A financing and a series B financing, and most likely a series C financing along the way. So we realized that uh, a company backed by top tier VCs in the valley would have an economic life of at least 36 to 48 months, irrespective of whether it was going to be a huge success. Mm-hmm. And so, ironically mm-hmm. and counterintuitively, what we recognized was that the least risky time to lend to a startup company is in fact exactly at the beginning Mm -hmm. when it raises its first Series A from Mm -hmm. Project A or any Mm -hmm. of the other institutional investors. And that's how venture debt started. And of course you can see how a lot of people would say, how can you lend to this company? It's got no revenues, it's losing money, it's gonna run out of cash. But it's been backed by Sequoia Capital, Kleiner Perkins, mm-hmm. NEA, uh, Project A, Holt Spring, yeah, Atomico. That's a good lineup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah I think you have to change the order a little bit, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, but you can see the logic. Uh, yeah. and that's really how yeah. we built our business yeah. and that's how venture debt then was created mm-hmm. and for many many years we still and we still provide venture debt but then as the companies grow mm-hmm. uh you know our, our lines of credit grow and they become working capital or sas lines mm-hmm. or cac lines etc mm-hmm. but that was really the genesis and the, and and that's why we, d- we developed such strong relationships with the venture capital community, because we have to understand what Florian, Tees, Ben, we are thinking about when they invest in a company, what, you, what the KPIs are, what you're looking for, because we know that those companies are gonna run out of cash. Mm. And, we, and we need to know what they need to achieve in their KPIs mm-hmm. for you and your other investors to feel comfortable to put yeah. in a Series B or a Series C.
1: So, one learning, I guess, for, for the entrepreneurs is if, if you are thinking about raising venture debt, yep. and we'll come to, yep. to that in a minute, it, it makes sense to lo- also look at your equity investor base yes. because your likelihood of raising venture debt at, at good conditions and to a certain extent and, and yep. with a higher degree of certainty also depends on the equity investors that you have. So they're yeah. closely interlinked, and I think that's a key point. Th- that's a
2: key point because we know that institutional investors, this is your focus. Mm. And you know, a lot of people have said to us, oh, you know, we're backed by fam- family offices uh, and, and angels, et cetera, and that's great. But our key requirement and confidence is to know that Florian Project A will continue to invest in a company. Yes, <laughs> it will go up and down, but and, and so that's what you're absolutely at least right. for 48 months. At least for 48 months, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <wrong>. <laughs> maybe longer. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Maybe, maybe longer, but, but, you're but you at least
1: s- have that time yeah. frame because yeah. Yeah. until you, you've really structurally fucked it up completely, they yeah. yeah. at yeah. least give you 36 to 48 months. Yes,
2: and, and as yeah. we're talking about, and venture debt amortizes over that period. Yeah. So that essentially. Would get our exposure down to a very small amount. Yeah. yeah. What
1: What do you think are the, like the key three, four characteristics a company should have if they want to sensibly get venture debt? I mean, what What do you? I mean, obviously, yeah, yeah. there should be a, a, a good investor in that. Yeah. That we understood yeah. that. Wh- what stage? What kind of business model is should there be like stable revenue coming in already? What What other characteristics yeah. do you see?
2: Yeah. So, so we will provide venture debt to a company that really has been recently formed. It may not even have any revenues. Now let me just, exp- they may not have any revenues, but it may have raised significant venture capital money from institutional investors. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the, the key thing for, that we say to entrepreneurs is, and this is the old saying about all banks, go and ask for a bank loan when you don't need it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we say to entrepreneurs, look, when you've raised a series A, from Project A, you did 10 million euros with Project A and some other investors. Uh, we they come to us because we would typically there's no there's no fixed formula. But Damien, uh, what would we do about what 30 percent? Yeah. So so if if an entrepreneur came to us and said, I've raised 10 10 million euros from Project A, we would typically lend around 3 million so uh, uh, in debt. So essentially converting that 10 million into 13 million Mm -hmm. uh, by way of debt, which then obviously uh, extends the entrepreneur's runway, allows him or her to grow the business faster. Mm-hmm. And as we'll talk a little bit about how we price that, it's, it's a much, much less dilutive mm-hmm. form of capital. Mm-hmm. So the message, you know, to answer your question, that if, as an entrepreneur, come and see us earlier when you're about, when you're planning to close around, because instead of raising 10, you can raise 13.
1: Mm-hmm. And uh, so a so key thing is coming independent of an equity round to you is possible yeah but uh, the likelihood is lower than if you are just doing an equity around and then you add a venture debt component yeah. to it is that fair to yeah. say yeah the, the
2: yeah. company would have had to close we talked to a lot of uh, entrepreneurs who are saying look i'm talking to x y and uh, z you know uh, we think we're going to be closing around sometime in november december mm-hmm. and we start beginning to talk to them about venture debt but we will only put that venture debt in once the company has closed the equity okay.
1: round. Okay, understood. Yeah. So, so the key element for you is really, or the key element for the entrepreneur really is to say, okay, the cost of capital might be lower. Yes. That's, that's one thing or the implicit yep. and explicit cost of capital yep. and the dilutive that, effect. Yes, obviously. That, yeah. I mean, that's that's a yep. key element, right? Yep. So if you want to avoid dilution. Yes, that's the thing. Um, obviously, but uh, on the other hand, if you look at the, the venture debt rounds combined with an equity round, you guys sit on top of the liquidity waterfall, right? We, uh, we uh, do. We do. We so do. that's also important to understand. So first money out yep. goes to yep. these guys. Yep. yeah.
2: And, and, and to that point. So this is typically how we structure venture debt. So we would say, fine, we're going to give you a loan. Um, it's you know, and I'll be I'll be totally transparent because it, 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 this is a marketplace. The loan interest rate is anywhere from seven to eleven percent, depending on the risk factor, etc. Mm-hmm. It's we typically uh, give a company, you know, uh, six months interest only, mm-hmm. and then we amortize it on a straight line basis over thirty six months. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the, and then but we ask there's no real covenants. The only real covenant for us is liquidity you know mm-hmm. when do you run out of cash mm-hmm. and when is project a going to put some more money in mm-hmm. and what do you need to achieve between now and then mm-hmm. to uh, to raise the next round of financing and then we ask for warrants which is like options into the equity of a company mm-hmm. but by and large uh, this is uh, true for in our european operations Uh, the total amount of warrants that we ask for usually equate to about 0.5 to Mm 0.7% of the fully diluted shares of a company. Mm -hmm. So suddenly for an entrepreneur, they can extend their runway by additional 3 million or 4 million euros Yes, pay 8%, 9% percent, percent interest rate. Mm-hmm. You've got to pay the loan back, mm-hmm. but it only, I, it costs you less than 1% dilution. Mm-hmm. And that's what then, and, and we do various calculations. But the, the
1: dilution comes on top, the, so the warrant, and that's important to understand, comes on
2: top of, of the interest the, rate. Of the interest. Yes, yes yeah. exactly so. Yeah. And, and we take collateral, mm-hmm. because we're a bank, we take collateral into the assets of a company. But for an early-stage company, you don't have any. This <laughs> is a collateral. It's a table <laughs> and a laptop, so it's not going to pay us out of our yeah. loan.
1: Yeah. three million uh, is kind of difficult with laptops. Yeah,
2: uh, yeah. exactly. But that uh, and that's mm-hmm. why we're very dependent upon our VC friends to continue. And look, nothing ever goes to plan. Mm-hmm. But 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 that's why it's very important to only do venture debt with investors who we know, we have confidence in, uh, and we trust, etc. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So I think that's a that's a key learning. Uh, I think you know. I mean, venture debt can be. Prolonging the um, uh, the life or the, the the time until you raise your next financing round, yeah. then can be w- one motivation to avoid yes. dilution. Yeah. Um, but uh, I would at least say it helps. At least it helps. At least if you have a functioning business model yeah. that's at least our yeah. experience i don't know what you yeah. would, would say i mean obviously you, you uh, you've prolonged your runway but yep. um, <sighs> um uh, you know even after, uh, after th- 36 months if you, i mean that's at least what we like to do yes um, yep. best if, if you basically say yep. there's a series a i mean by a series a you should have found a business model yep. and then uh, ideally and and uh, and then you prolong the runway and can grow on yep. the functioning business yep. model yep. that's at least uh, the y- y- yeah. y- y-
2: you're absolutely right you're yep. but but in the u.s remember we've banked uh, many entrepreneurs who are on their second or third or fourth startup yeah. company with us, they've had great success in the past. Yeah. They can go and raise money on Sand Hill Road relatively easily, yeah. and they come to us with a very you know, it, it's with very little revenue if none, oh. we will lend to those, ki- those entrepreneurs based on their track record and mm-hmm. the investor base. But you're absolutely like, right, Florian, we all like to see some traction just like, because you're, you're, you're really gonna ideally invest into companies that have, got a, have begun to prove mm-hmm. their model mm-hmm. and where your capital will help them accelerate and scale. Yeah. And so most of our clients have that same type of profile mm-hmm. where they're early stage in, in, in still losing money, yeah. still needing cash, uh but the model is beginning to to, to prove itself yeah. what,
1: what's what's probably also an interesting aspect here because sometimes it's mixed up um there's a difference between venture debt we yeah. just described yeah. it and working capital financing, yes, yes which yes, you yes, guys yes. also do and yes. i think uh, that is an uh, interesting to understand i think what what the book can you describe a little bit what yep. a typical working capital financing yep. use case is yeah and are we talking about the same conditions warrants mm, and these mm, kind of things mm, mm, mm. or are you offering this at four percent with Mario Draghi pumping yeah money yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep, yep.
2: so so the ideal situation for us is exactly that we start with venture debt and then as the company grows and starts creating more revenues we can then convert and uh, this is and I'll get back to this we can convert part of our venture debt into a working capital line etc <laughs> and the working capital lines uh, we have different types of credit facilities for different types of companies. For example, if you're selling you know, a straight you know, product or straight license, you've got receivables, we'll finance for receivables, typical banking. But today, many of our companies, many of your companies, have got a subscription revenue model. Mm -hmm. So we've devised uh, lending products which lend on a multiple of a company's monthly or annual recurring revenue. So that gives them, that's the borrowing base. Mm -hmm. Um, We have lines of credit, for example, for many of our consumer-facing companies Mm -hmm. who, let's say, have a very proven CAC, a lifetime value mm. uh, uh, a metric and can come to us and say, listen, for every you know, euro we invest, we know we're gonna create three euros in revenues. Mm-hmm. So we, in those situations, we will actually lend part of that company's marketing budget because mm-hmm. they've got a metric for every money. You know. mm-hmm. so, so we've got, so as you, so, so to your point, Venture debt starts at the base, but then as the company grows, depending on their sector and Mm. their stage, we bring in different types of products, you know, right up to acquisition, financings, etc. And our ideal company, Mm. and thank goodness we have many of them, we started, you know, very early Series A and now they're a publicly traded company and they've got... A syndicated line of credit, and we're the agent bank and stuff like that.
1: Yeah. yeah. Okay. So you're still part of that
2: as yes, well. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Absolutely. Abso- we st- we stay throughout the whole life of the company. Yeah. And in, on the working capital facility, you're right. Uh, we're still we're st- it's still bank debt, so it's still collateralized by the assets. But then the risk is less mm-hmm. because the company's got revenues, it's got receivables, etc. And so as a result of that, the pricing is less. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know. We love to try and ask for warrants, but but as a company matures, that becomes less relevant because obviously the company will say yeah, i 've got a uh, existing base of business here mm-hmm. but it's but, but that 's exactly how it how it develops and and this is the one thing look there's an, there's a, a, quite a few venture debt players out in the marketplace uh, all good guys we we work with them, we compete with them, et cetera but the one thing that you have to remember that when one takes venture debt from a venture debt fund, and they're all good guys, they are a fund, they're not a bank with advantages and disadvantages. Mm-hmm. Because they're a fund, they have to make sure that they get all of their money back. Mm-hmm. And one of the challenges which we've seen over the years is that portfolio companies can grow so quickly so you know you take venture debt in 2019 mm-hmm. but by t- early 2021 you've got revenues of 10 million and growing etc and if you want to prepay your venture debt at that stage with a venture debt fund you have to prepay everything mm-hmm. with 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 a bank we can we we can change that into a working capital line mm-hmm. so it's so uh, venture debt is a great piece of capital when used at the right time and not, and not overused. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you're going with a venture debt fund, you have to be careful because if you ever want to prepay that, mm-hmm. it's going to be very expensive.
1: Okay, understood. Yeah. So one criterion to select the right kind of partner is, yep. is it a bank or a fund? Yep. Yeah. And I think you're the only bank. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. What are other criterion uh, uh, criteria to to consider when selecting the right partner i mean obviously interest rate obviously things like what kind of collateral do they want what what else do you see how to make an educated decision on who's the right partner for you at that at that time can you can you shed some light on any yep. other dimensions you would look at yep. if you're a founder
2: uh, nothing ever goes to plan mm-hmm. And so, whatever, whoever you work with, we as we're
1: talking about other companies, our companies. <laughs> exactly, <companies are laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. Uh, yeah, yeah the yeah, yeah. Uh, other investors,
2: not. But the criteria is exactly the same in choosing an investor, mm-hmm. choosing a financing partner. You have to choose somebody who who understands, you know, that the industry goes like this. Now, so long, you know, yeah. but but you have to be prepared for the, da- for the downturns because yeah. there are downturns, yeah. N- uh, misproduct development, uh, something here, whatever. And so you've got to choose partners who aren't going to panic, aren't going to overreact, aren't going to say, oh, sh- what's happening here? Mm-hmm. And believe me, we've at Silicon Valley Bank, we have literally banked tens of thousands of technology companies and we've been through every machination of, of, of problems mm-hmm. the key thing is not to panic the, uh, because if something goes wrong with with, with a company and inevitably does we work very closely with the investors you know because mm-hmm. then you know the company's got a problem the investors have got a problem we've got a problem we've got to sit down and say okay it's going to take longer to develop a company it's it's, it's going to take more cash than, mm-hmm. than, than than we thought possible how can you help us etc so you've got to find partners who are experienced in the trials and tribulations of startups. That's very important. I
1: I can also uh, second that in in the sense that I would always, before I take venture debt from somebody, always talk to other companies that have received venture debt from the same company, from the same partner, because we've also, I don't want to talk about specific names, but as as you said, I mean, in the startup situation, often things don't go right or go wrong. And and, um, that actually also goes for equity partners. I mean, if you have equity investors that panic in situations that's also not very helpful. The problem with venture debt providers panicking is it's even more detrimental than equity investors because equity investors cannot get out, yeah? Yeah. Uh, I mean, we we are stuck with you guys. Uh, for for better and for worse, and and um, uh, venture debt investors yes. have the means yes. to yeah. also pull the trigger on yeah. companies if if, yeah. if if they need to, um, yeah. and and I think that's the important difference. Why why I would argue, you know, not optimal equity investors also not great. Yeah. A suboptimal venture debt provider, yeah. uh, venture debt provider can be even more yes. uh, yeah. harmful. Yeah. Um, I don't know whether you but would agree to that.
2: That's when the relationship between. Provider, the venture debt provider and, and the equity investor and the company is very important mm-hmm. to understand where we are in that process, what needs to be done, how you've got to be patient, et cetera. Because you're right, uh, a lender can pull their money and, and, and that's something which, you know, is, for us, that's like a nuclear bomb. You, d- mm. you don't press that button. Yeah. Unless, uh, you know, until the investors have said, look, this is a lost cause, here are the keys, yeah. we're abandoning the company.
1: No. I mean, one, one interesting consolation if I, if I may add, Uh, here is, um, and we've we've had that a couple of times. I mean, sometimes an acqui-hire type sale is the only thing that you can do. Um, And in the US, an acqui-hire is like 10, 15 million. An acqui-hire in Germany is like 500,000 or so. And and if you have 3 million uh, uh, venture debt or 2.5 million or whatever it is, often the route to yep. kind of a, uh, this yep. kind of exit is yes. closed yes. unless you have somebody that, yes. that um, is, uh, is allowing this because yep. uh, nobody's going to pay 3 million yes. for this company. Yep. And then you're really stuck. So, um, and that's what I yep. would always watch out for.
2: It, it, it reminds me, Florian, o- w- one thing you've got to be careful in taking venture debt, you can't take too much. Mm-hmm. Uh, and look, cause a lot of companies, you know, they're very aggressive. They want to grow, they've got great investors. They say, no, 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 we want to borrow six, not three, you know, mm-hmm. or whatever. And we always say to them, look, you've got to be careful, because if you take too much debt as an early stage company, then when you're raising your Series B and you're bringing in new investors, a new investor is going to say, look, I want to put money into your company to develop. I'm not putting money in to pay off Mm -hmm. the debt. So you've got to be very careful to put in the right amount of debt that doesn't sort of tip the balance Mm -hmm. and then... Uh, cause an impediment or a problem for the company to raise another round and bring new investors in because they've raised too much debt which has to be amortized and paid back. Yeah, because as as
1: an equity investor you would always be behind you guys. Yes. Uh, Otherwise they will not agree. So that's also a very important thing to understand. If you raise the next round and you've raised venture debt before Yeah the venture debt guys will obviously not agree to any new round happening uh, unless they stay on top of the liquidity yeah fund, yeah which yeah is yeah. completely yeah. fair, but it's just you need to understand that uh, because it can yeah. have yeah. implications, yeah. especially if you have like 50 million in debt or so. Yeah. Yeah, so but so it shows. Um, wha- do you see any significant difference in like how Silicon Valley founders Use venture debt, and how German founders or European founders are using it right now. Is it is it used more in the U.S. Is it used less? Is it used smarter? Or we think they uh, smarter than well we I'll are? I let my really I let
2: my colleague Dan answer that. Dan is on rotation from our New York office yeah. and does a lot of the New York consumer deals and fintech deals. So, d- do U.S. Uh, <laughs> do U.S. Uh, entrepreneurs use venture debt differently than us?
1: Has Dan been prepared for that question? No.
3: Let's see. Okay. I've seen in my, well, two and a half weeks in the German market so far. (laughs) All right. (laughs) He's a veteran. (laughs) Uh, In the U.S., um, founders, you guys, you said that it's, you know, it can be tipped more or swayed more towards the lender because we have the collateral. Mm -hmm. I find that founders in the U.S. just kind of know that SVB will be patient. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's not maybe the case for all types of of lenders. So that's Mm -hmm. one thing. Also, in the U.S., folks are okay with taking venture debt pre-revenue. Mm-hmm. On the FinTech team, for example, you have to raise a lot of money to get the, to get licensed and registered, etc. cetera, across many different states. So that can cost a lot of money and a debt is obviously less dilutive than equity. Mm-hmm. So I'd say maybe a little more open to having debt on the books, just because SVB's been in the market in the US yeah. since 1983. Um, those are some of the key things that I've seen. But again, that's three weeks, so.
1: Yeah, yeah. Anything to add, Oscar? Like any more differences that you
2: would w- would see, or? Well, th- there's less education about that. Ah, we have got a question. We're excellent.
3: Sorry, sorry. Can you quickly?
2: Uh, th- there's less knowledge of venture debt yeah. in Europe, and that's where we, in, you know, we've got to be educate the marketplace. Yeah, yeah, that's why we're here.
0: Yeah, you said that um, that the bank will always be first in the ne- next financing round. So my question would be: How do investors look at the whole thing, venture debt, in America compared to Germany or Europe?
1: <laughs> in, the liquidity, so, in the liquidity waterfall you'll stay on top
3: yes but it's very rare that SVB would hit the pause button on a financing uh, and I don't think we'd even think about using those rights it's such a relationship based bank yes. that I think that but I, I don't know the scenario you're, you're thinking through but you know we don't really get consent all the time to a, a new round coming in more likely than not if we like the business and the opportunity, we'll refinance the venture debt into a larger facility or a working capital line or a recurring yeah. revenue line.
2: Yeah. yeah. Does that answer your question? Yeah. The I, bank okay, remains
3: f- first, you know, first okay, okay,
2: I mean, it's, it's normal
1: that a bank will always, whatever bank it is, will, will stay on top.
2: I yes, mean, yeah. That, yeah. that, and... But we won't get our money back from the collateral of the uh, company. Uh, yeah. but, but
1: it really depends on the, uh, the, like my experience is, if you have an experienced lender, that you know is interested in a long-term relationship also with a investor that you have on board that's not really a problem. Then it's not a problem then it's not a problem but it's that's why I would say I would always talk before you take money because there's always some new players in the market which is per se good yeah I mean competition is good and then it drives down prices but you always have to understand who's the people that are like you know I think if you have a former venture capitalist doing venture debt I think that that's Can be a good thing because I mean, they obviously know these kind of risks, and um, so that's um, then that's okay. Mm. I think if you take money from whoever because they think, oh, it's great to get seven percent instead of. Negative oh, interest, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, then, then, uh, and that's the main motivation. Then it's probably not a good constellation. But we, we I mean, we work also with, with with venture debt and a lot of companies. Oh, not we, but the companies do work with it, and we uh, agree to that. This is a good idea uh, under certain constellations, and and we accept this kind of liquidity waterfall kind of situation. But where we see companies that we think are endangered of becoming more uh, an acquire higher type constellation, we would not advise it yeah but you obviously never know yeah i mean there's some aque higher type constellations where you hope they will after three, four, five years finally rise to greatness uh, and, and they never do. And then you're basically, uh, you don't have the option of the, of, the, of the fire sale with like some liquidity coming back. Uh, but on the other hand, I mean, we are hit driven business. yeah. So if we fail, it doesn't really matter whether we fail by 0.2 or factor 0.2 or we fail completely. yeah. So it, 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 it doesn't really matter. So I think as long as we see the chance that something will um, uh, somehow materialize to, to s- at least close to a hit business, we would always support this kind of way. I would say, okay. Um, okay thanks, uh, thanks for this. I mean, we have uh, ten more minutes, so I wanted to um, touch touch on one uh, uh, w- one more area, if 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 that's possible. Um, and um, can you uh, like probably? What I found interesting, uh, like also venture debt as an as an asset class per mm. se, and yep. uh, I mean it's probably not so interesting to everybody in the room because it's quite specific, but I think it's still important to understand it. I mean, how is venture debt as an asset class? Yeah. How has it performed yeah. vis-a-vis VC in the past? Yeah. 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 And because I yeah. think it's important yeah. to understand that.
2: It, it, it's a great question, and and venture debt is becoming a, a more popular and more discovered asset class because people are realizing it's quite valuable because mm-hmm. Uh unlike you, Florian, when you invest in a company, obviously you've got potentially very, very high returns, mm-hmm. very high IRR, but you've also got high risk because if a company doesn't pan out, mm-hmm. you're going to lose your equity investment. For a venture debt provider, and this has happened to us over the years. So we go and lend money early, early on in a Series A, and the company goes on to raise a Series B and C. And our loan amortizes over the, over the years and gets to a de minimis amount. But the company is not successful. And, and the VC comes to us and says, look, the company, you know, it's not going to make it. We're going to try and do an acquihire, or, a, a, you know, a, we're going to try and do a distressed sale. And, of course, for the venture debt player, so long as they haven't overlent, their, their debt has now reduced to a small amount of money. Mm-hmm. And because the venture debt player has a first lien on the assets, mm-hmm. which sometimes also can be intellectual property if there's something, then when that company gets sold, mm-hmm. the money has to come through the venture debt player because the mm-hmm. venture debt player has a collateral interest mm-hmm. in all of the assets. So historically, uh, what's happened sometimes for us and for other venture debt players that in a situation where a company has not been successful a venture debt player could actually get all of its money back mm-hmm. and the investor loses everything mm-hmm. and, and and that's why it's now become a, a more attractive asset class because it's also you're also saying wow you've got some downside you got downside protection because mm-hmm. you've got this collateral mm-hmm. you've got upside opportunity because of your warrants mm-hmm. and you're getting a current coupon of 7 8 9% mm-hmm. so a lot of lps and now also beginning to look at venture debt saying you know what that could be you know we got a current coupon mm-hmm. there's some downside protection you know and if we choose the right partners we could get some upside yeah, uh, yeah. and
1: i think that's very uh, also important to understand because in a venture capital fund i mean it can take sometimes six seven eight yeah. years until you get back any money yeah, yeah? and yeah. and so it's it's quite interesting to yeah. to to see that as well that uh, venture debt uh, but why if that's so attractive why aren't more traditional banks do we mention that
2: well look and 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 this is uh, a comment about all banks now in the u.s we're seeing much more competition from the from the, from the bigger banks because they all realize the innovation sector is mm-hmm. is important look uh, traditional banks have been brought up lending against hard assets mm-hmm. property mm-hmm. furniture equipment etc uh, 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 you know, uh, et and so that mentality is very much ingrained if you come to them and say hey we want you to lend against this company. There's no, there's only, there's only tables and chairs and laptops. Mm-hmm. And can you give them three or four million euros? Oh, and by the way, they're going to run out of cash in March. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it, it's very difficult for a traditional bank, mm-hmm. and, and and even those banks and 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 the German banks and the British banks, they're all getting more into this technology lending, which they need to. Because the the ecosystem needs more access to capital, mm-hmm. but it's very difficult for a Deutsche Bank or a Barclays, etc., mm-hmm. to do a three or four million loan mm-hmm. to a loss-making company that's has gone out of cash. You know, it's it's it's. First of all, the cost structure doesn't allow it, mm-hmm. and it's just you know the mentality. All of the credit, all of our credit partners at Silicon Valley, we've got about 27 credit partners in the bank they are all lenders at Silicon Valley banks. Mm-hmm. So, so it's like we're not dealing with credit people who go, uh, uh, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. We're all dealing with colleagues, guys and gals who've been in the industry like me 18, 20 years mm-hmm. and know how technology works. And that's a huge advantage as well because mm-hmm. then you don't get some suddenly changes. You know, if you go with, a, 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 and all banks are great, but you've got to be careful. If you go with somebody who's entering this market for the first time, You've got to be very careful that in 12 or 15 months' time, there's not a change in management or a change in credit officer who says, "Jesus, what are we doing with these mm-hmm. loans?" Mm-hmm. And suddenly it's, "Oh my God, we've got to pull back, etc." So you, that's and that's how we sometimes sell, you know, Silicon Valley Bank. But you're dealing with a bank that is no that is committed to this industry 100%. That's mm-hmm. all that we do, yeah. and we know we know all the ups and downs and mm-hmm. the issues. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah? Cool. Ryan just indicated to me that we have four. Five minutes left, so I wanted to open up the floor to questions from the audience, and I guess we have some. If not, I have some more questions, but it looks
2: like we have plenty of questions.
1: Do uh, most of these get structured nowadays with deferred drawdown provisions, and if so, what's the cost structures surrounding now that? Now,
2: when you mean deferred drawdown provisions. So in terms of actually drawing the capital, I don't need to draw it for 10 months. Yeah, yeah. so, so y- 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 we can structure venture debt in different ways. You know, you can tranche it sometimes. So you say, look, um, uh, will give you a uh, four million venture debt. You can have two out of, uh, two immediately, and the other two once you reach some sort of a benchmark, etc. So there's various ways, we can give them, we, you know, we give it all in one go, we can tranche it. There's various ways, going back to your point, mm-hmm. if a company is evolving and, mm-hmm. and, 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 uh, uh, and growing its revenue, uh, if they hit a certain milestone, then in our eyes, the risk falls, and so we can lend them more money. So there are various deferred. about
1: the other way around, though? I mean, you're taking eight, ten million million, $10 million of a Series A, and yes. now you're going to draw two to three of venture debt. What if you don't actually want to draw and pay the cost structure on that
2: debt? Oh, yeah. there, there's the a deferred drawdown provision. There's yeah. a deferred drawdown period of, of six to nine months. Is that, is that exactly so? Yeah, yeah. You don't, you don't need to borrow it all yeah, entirely. Yeah. <laughs>
3: Okay my question um targeted at Florian okay. how do you how do you think about a company who has taken 13 million in a series A versus a company who has taken 10 million in a series A and 3 million of venture debt
2: Yeah how do you oh. <laughs>
3: <laughs> How do I um,
1: I think per se it wouldn't make a big difference to me to be honest I think if if they have a business model that they can pre-finance with this, like for example, uh, home day is a good example. Yeah, home day, you know, they acquire leads and and they materialize, those leads materialize five to six months later. If they do a venture debt component in a round where they have a business model where they they can finance it, pre-finance it at cheaper capital cost, I think uh, I I would consider the founder smart. (laughs) Um, Yes, and I think if you don't see that clear case, I, I always look <laughs> at this clear case mm. because I know mm. if they, they don't have this clear case, if I don't want to screw up my relationship to. Silicon Valley Bank or somebody else, I need to jump in yeah, uh, as an as um, as, as equity investor. Um, and so that's why um, I like Constellations more where people understand this principle because I think it's a more sustainable principle. There's a clear business model, I pre-finance, or in your case, I mean, you could probably also pre-finance certain events yeah, because you know, you sell mm-hmm. tickets today, you have your, ma- y- uh, y- he's doing XLetics, which is a, um, ah, uh, yes. um, a great uh, company. And so it's like, uh, what's the company in the US called? Uh, yeah, spot yeah. M- so this kind of uh, you yeah. know you have events yeah. you sell tickets yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. five six months earlier you yeah. need to pre-finance and then the event comes and you know you get the cash yes. right? because people yes. uh, I have paid oh you actually people pay right now uh, pay right away right so uh, they, they pay front oh yeah sorry so bad example so bad example he doesn't need venture debt so <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I just why, while talking <laughs> about model. it I just Good got model. it so sorry but it was, a, was mean, a bad yeah. example um, so but I, I wouldn't see a big difference if they have a clear case I would actually okay. consider it smart
3: we hope you enjoyed our podcast if you did how about you subscribe on
2: Spotify and or iTunes and give us a rating until next time